Introspective, we seek opinions that's often neglected. But here it's respected, our style eclectic. If it makes sense, then we accept it. Can't reject it, it just adds depth to our perspective. Everybody, this is your co-host Monte Swain, and you're now tuned in to another episode of Perspective Junkie. On this episode, we're joined by a fellow friend of ours. His name is Miles, also known by Jimmy, uh, Laura Collins on Instagram. On this episode, unfortunately, we had to discuss the recent police shooting um, that has taken place, and just you know how this is going, how we're moving about it, and, re- and our reaction to it as a black community. We also talked about puberty blockers. And the recent report that it's completely healthy for preteens and teenagers to take them to, to stop their puberty. We also talked about if we were running a society, a town, a place, at what age would we want somebody to make this decision? So we had a super dope episode. Please show us love on all the platforms. But most importantly, enjoy the show. And we are live for another episode of Perspective Junkies Podcast. You're joined by one of your co-hosts, C. Swank, a.k.a. Cody Ocrates, a.k.a. Cody Knows Most. And I have some of my co-hosts go ahead and say your names, guys. Yeah, it's your boy Vontae Swain. <laughs> yeah, harmonizing with it. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? It's your boy Tommy G. Uh, back for another great week of uh, conversation, you know? And we have a guest, a fellow wolf. Go Wolves, UWG. Yeah, introduce yourself to the people, man. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Jim here. You may know me as James. may know me as Miles. may know me as all three. He got the most yeah, names in, in, in names. the record books. Yeah, that's that's a lot of when he said hello, I thought he was going to get deep into something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he said, nope, just my name. Just the name Always guys. keep from guessing. But anyway, we're going to hop right into it. Uh, one of the Perspective Junkie survey questions we had this week uh, dealt, dealt with the recent happenings. Uh, you know, rest in peace to Patrick Lyolia. Um, he was got into an altercation with the police officer and was unfortunately, uh, that was the, the end of, that's all she wrote. But um, we were just kind of getting everybody's opinion on it and saying, was it, did you feel like it was um, a use of excessive force by the police officer? And what is and what is kind of your overall stance on the need or the importance or the, the proper amount of force to use whenever you are an officer, if somebody's actually getting a little combative? Because if anybody didn't see the video, uh, it was a, a, a minor traffic violation, but the person got out the car before the car, the cop approached. And then, you know, kind of ran around and got into a little scuffle. The guy actually got the cop's taser for a second. The cop got back control. And then, the, you know, he shot his uh, firearm. So just kind of getting you guys take on it. We'll start with our guest. Miles, you take it. Um, I would definitely say that. Miles got notes, y'all. That <laughs> 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 Professionalism. <laughs> so cops, I would say they hold a lot of responsibility. They're supposed to police us, protect us. Um, you know, make sure that the laws are followed, but they also hold our lives in their hands, right? And I feel like they need to be provided with that amount of training. If you have that much responsibility, that much power, you need to have some kind of training behind it to where you learn to be able to restrain anybody with non-deadly force. 
And I mean, if you're, if you're this is not going to be something that's going to happen, you know, just once. This is going to happen. This happened all the time. This, these are, this is not one time occasion. This has happened multiple times where, you know, police officers use deadly force when it may not even be necessary. Their life might not have been at risk. Or even if it is at risk, sometimes there need to be training, right, where they can take advantage of that situation, just stop that situation altogether. I. Uh... I feel you. Um, I think looking at the scenario itself for those looking at the video, I actually just watched the video today, but looking at the video, you kind of saw from the perspective of the dash cam, I'm sorry, of the body cam that Patrick, I'm going to go just call him Patrick because I can't pronounce his last name, but Patrick was definitely on some, on some sus stuff. Um, getting, I think one, getting out of the vehicle before the cop approached was definitely uh, eyebrow raising to me. And then two, him looking in the vehicle and having a conversation with somebody in the passenger seat and then closing the door and not producing a license. That was also a little bit of a red flag to me. Um, but I th- it boils down to like, so your argument can be, right, hey, he's new to the country, doesn't understand the laws, right? Didn't really know how to interact with the police officer at the time, which I completely understand. But at the same token, I'm always a proponent of you have to understand the laws of the road and whoever you're dealing with when you go to a foreign country, right? No matter what country it is, you got to understand what the rules are or rules that you're susceptible to breaking and get in trouble for and ones that you need to completely avoid altogether, right? Because um, we talked about this in the, with the Brittany Griner situation, right? Like you go into a country um, acting a certain way that you think you can act in the States and you end up getting hemmed up for it, right? And people don't know that you're locked up. So, I didn't even know he was from out of the country. He didn't speak English. No, I think yeah. he just... Was really, you know, you get you get a question and you acting kind of shysty. You don't want to show your ID. You kind of looking away. I don't think, I don't think it was confirmed that he was an, uh, an immigrant fresh. Oh, I think I think he. Nah, but keep going, keep going. What you're saying. I'm not, I just I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm, not, I'm not going ahead and confirm that he's even. I think he might have just literally been just hesitant to answer because he he actually was doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing. Like, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I hear what you're saying, but from what I saw, he wasn't speaking English to the person in the car either. Okay. okay yeah, sure. so with that, I was like, all right, you got to know the laws of the road, right? You got to understand what type of uh, climate that, that we're living in here in the States um, if you get into any sort of trouble. Um, now, the sec- second side of it, like, Buddy shot him in the head. That was a little wild. That was definitely a little wild. Um, I don't think a headshot is any, even necessary when you have somebody turned around like that. That's a... Uh, the back of the head. The back of the head, too. Crazy. Yeah, yeah that was that was definitely a little wild. Um, so there's got to be, I mean, always I'm going to say this, there's got to be some sort of de-escalation techniques or trainings that we have, right, that um, teach our officers that, uh, you know, wounded force is, is a certain thing. You know, deadly force isn't always the answer. You know, it could have shot him in the leg. Now he can't run. Right. You know? <laughs> you know just, you can still kill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just an idea. But, yeah, that's my thought on it. I want to hear your argument first, and I'm going to rebuttal that one. Go ahead. Well, to me, I think that the the president that you guys are, the pres, precedent, I feel like I didn't pronounce that the first, first I'm time. I'm say, but yeah, the, say the precedent <laughs> that you guys are setting to me is almost essentially saying there is never a, a, a time where deadly force is is uh, appropriate, or you're, you're saying that the standard should be that all of the, the police force should be able to get grown men to the ground or, or, you know, people that are actually fighting back without the use of force. Mine is like my, my standards to this. I'm like, we have to think of there is a need to maintain peace and order. And in order to do so, there has to be a, 
a feeling or belief that there is someone that can actually use force to ensure peace. So the thing that separates a police officer from a school principal or a coach is that he actually can put hands on you. He can physically stop you if you decide you can't take words. Their role as needing, you need to have a certain level of respect the way you talk and the way you move to them. It has to be maintained. And I am a, a person that will say the controversial truth. I'm like, I'm willing for that to occur to keep the peace. So not only with my own group or with people who I feel look like me, I'm saying period. If there is a, if there's a whole bunch of drunk white men and you got to get in a fight and the cop got called, um, shot him. What? Well, you were fighting or you were interacting in an aggressive way towards the police. This happened. I don't, we have to have levels or we have to make sure we keep it clean. As the black community, we are upset when we feel like you did a non-minor offense and you committed violence against a compliant person. Correct. I agree. But if they are not compliant and they or they, you know, engage in some type of thing, I think I, mean, I read somewhere. I'm pretty sure that, that the, the tags were not um, his. So it's like it's a potential that it could have been a stolen car. Let's just say that was the case. That's a reasonable assumption for a police officer to have. I don't put that as like, oh, OK, blatant uh, show of racism. I'm like, to me, what we're doing, we've cheapened the racism card. And it's important to bring to to not. Let the price of the, the racism card just drop to one cent. Still got to you got to keep the price, the value of it. You got to hold your racism card tight when it is properly used. It makes sense. We can all see it. It's obvious when it's these weird situations where we're like, well, damn, you know, you mad at the man. He ran away. They played around for two minutes. He, to me, if you really to a real blatant ex, uh, show of power is I'm going to shoot you right now. Like if you don't move, boom. Now I'm like, yeah, that was crazy. That's some dictator shit. That's some third world energy. The back of the you, head, though. You talking and get, I'm like, and then that's that thing. See, what I, what you guys, I shot. do give you guys is this. Two in the leg. It appears that at that point, he may have gotten to the point where, man, you could have won. My thing is, I'm like, he already had the taser out. He got that away from me. Y'all struggled for a minute. You weren't dominant in this fight. If I'm a person and I got a family and I'm nervous, I'm like, I almost lost the fight. I don't, I don't necessarily, I'm not, pun even if I could say, hey, you may have not needed to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't feel strongly enough to wish wrong or punishment or take this as a testament or an example of all of the four police forces acting um, unethically. I'm like, eh, I need a little more evidence that doesn't really, I've seen better cases where I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I'm like, and I think people got to go back to the origins of when we started really keying in. I'm like, in the Trayvon Martin situation. You know what I'm saying? Rest piece of his soul. This was something that we felt a little bit more because I'm like, yo, you just walk in his neighborhood. The man just got some candy. He got his hood on. It doesn't appear like we can say any blame is really on it. It's so easy to get behind it. What I'm saying for the black community, for everybody, hey, only the blatant stuff, only the clear cut, it feels right. We can all put a stamp on it. That's wrong. We get on that. All the, the muddy, the gray areas, I'm like, when you hop on that, you risk sacrificing the safety of black people in poor areas because now the police what happens if the police say all right shit we didn't you know y'all really think we racist we just gonna stop messing with y'all neighborhoods y'all unsafe and then we as african-americans who went to college we got a nice little neighborhood it's cool and cute to say oh fuck the police while we in communities you know what i'm saying like hey my family you know i'm calling the police for my family <laughs> you can't kill my wife don't touch my wife but uh 
But my dude, my boys in the hood, y'all need to figure it out. These police is tripping on y'all. <laughs> Come on, man. Like that to me is what 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 that comes down like. It's not real. It's not authentic. You you, you not. It's you have to be able to hold it and 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 use the the context that you see. We didn't see the situation. I even understand suspicion. Like yeah, they got the camera is actually killing some of these cases because people are talking crazy or interacting with the cops in a way that I'm like it doesn't make for a good argument. Mm-hmm. If we didn't know and we just to hold the story like, oh, they're dead, at least we could use that. I'm not going to ever see see it with my own eyes and tell y'all something to sound popular with my group. No. I disagree, guys. This guy was doing the wrong thing. This is something different. So, that you know, that's how I look. I got a question for you, though, because it makes me think. Let's say you're the sheriff, not the sheriff, what, what's the police chief? What is your... What would be your policy for like somebody running? It's like you do whatever you can to make sure they don't get away. Like even if it means kill them or what? What is your policy on like somebody just trying to get away? What would it be? Um, I think if you are a sharp, you should you should try first to chase. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. You should try to try to debilitate them, see if you can aim for the leg. But more so, what I'm saying is everybody has to be scared in your community that running away from the police could end badly. The fear has to be there. So I don't want to explicitly say, oh, yeah, go, you know, go, go for them. If they run, you, you lay them down. But everybody has to also know I am not if I'm the chief, I'm not going to put in and talking down on one of my guys because you did something. And we don't have proof that you was just an innocent saint. Now, we find out, man, this guy was actually uh, Jesus. He was running away. For, <laughs> like, there has to be some some bigger reason. Like, huh, he was running away to give the last vaccine to his dying daughter who was in the, the house. That's bad. Like, yeah, okay, we were wrong. You got to give me something. It ain't nothing just because he was, because cause he black. I'm like, what? What is the reason that we have to say, oh, the police is, we know they were in aren't the wrong you, life. Aren't you innocent until proven guilty, though? Right. You, I'm saying, does, is like, there a black don't save you? You innocent. <laughs> okay, put it like this, put it like this. If you were trying to look for a cookie thief and somebody got crumbs and was acting nervous when you were looking for the cookie thief, do you still have to act as though they are perfectly innocent? Or can we just say, hey, you look like you ain't innocent? You know what I'm saying? Like, does it appear? What if, what if, like, innocent what if they watch you wrangle up a couple of people already? Like, what cookies are <laughs> And they see you get to them next. You're like, uh, I ain't got them. Your environment definitely can make it. Yeah. So I'm saying, you, for, if someone stop, stops you, a cop stops you, and you have y'all ever thought, man, a cop stopped me, probably a good idea to get out the car. No, is that a common innocent behavior? And then, and then, if that does happen, maybe you don't know that because you're from a different country, you might not understand it. Right. Is running away typical in any country for their police? Is that a typical? I think these are obvious. It's things typical for the, human nature, though. Nah, hell no. Fight or flight. Fight or flight. Fight or flight. Fight or flight. If you if you did what? I'm saying like, what if you like? All right, I'm gonna get out the car so you know I ain't got a gun. All right. Cause I ain't grabbing nothing. You know what I'm saying? It, it, he was like, should I grab my wallet right now? They might kill me. And he was like, "Don't grab the wallet." That's what the, that's what dude in the car was <laughs> right. like. Yeah, don't reach it. Don't here, reach bro. it here, bro. Don't reach it. He hell, like, of a, don't a hell of a leap. It's a hell of a leap. It just looks like, like yeah. I mean, I mean, if y'all, if y'all, if even then, you have to be able. It's just literally on putting your bet. Yeah, you people are betting that the police had ulterior, negative, racist motivations mm-hmm. more so than you're betting the person what's called was engaging in some type of shite behavior, got into an unfortunate thing. However. Yeah. If you commit any type of force towards a police officer, we know there's some violence that may be met with you. 
if he's really strong, he might just slam you and break your arm. My you bet, cool with that? Like, my bet nine, nine times out of ten is that both people on each side, the civilian and the police officer side, were both too incompetent to handle the situation properly. Yeah. That's that's always but, my bet. And I'll even give this police officer some credit. Like I feel like I didn't get that. Like get on the foot. I didn't get that type of vibe from him. He was just like trying to work with him, and then it's like it's, it's start dipping. So like I will give him that credit. Like I don't feel like he was. As aggressive as some previous videos that we've seen before as far as trying to de-escalate the situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like he was trying to, like, figure out what was going on and Buddy just walked, ran off. So, it's like, with that part of it, I'll give him some credit for that. I'm not going to just say, like, he was completely wrong in the situation. He just needs better training. And I'm going to go back to what he's saying. Like, he was struggling with his utensils. Like, it was so easily taken. Like, it was like... One guy that right, any guy that is like bench pressing on the regular could probably probably tussle with him, and it's yeah. like it's kind of hard because it's like you want more police to sign up, and it's gonna be not every dude is gonna be like muscular, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Some dudes is gonna be average, and it's like how much do we want averagely fit people running other people? Like totally, and that's yeah. the thing we might might need to like start to consider. Like, do we want all these dudes to be when you have a society that thinks running or like getting in altercation with the police is a like a possible situation that they can survive and everything will be straight. Then you need the fittest of men because now you are dealing in more of a club security guard land because you're you treat these people as like if you can't whip my ass, I don't have to respect you because that's what police will become if the message is don't use deadly force. If the message so is don't if the message is don't use deadly force. If I got hands and I'm a big bad man, fight me. I take my chances. I, I don't need a gun. Pull me out and fight. You got it. You. It's like a well, you, you to res- really have a police force or an army. The difference between us is like, hey, we're coming for the final say. We're coming to finish the job. We would like for you to chill, but we we our guys not going home. We're go, our guys are going home safe tonight. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to go. <laughs> like if it's us or you, you're going die tonight. That's a reasonable thing for anybody who is trying to maintain a real. And if I I just. I just challenge people to think of a world or think you can you can think of it because there's there's nations around that have more of a, a situation like that where it's if you have a a crafty, you know, criminal loss or criminal criminal organization, they can get past the police because the police don't have a strong level of authority in the area. It's just a guy kind of like, hey, stop it. That's you don't have a police system. It has to be when the police come, people get serious and people don't feel that. Then it, it loses something. And I understand to a certain degree you want them to be perfect, but I'm yeah. just like even a ninja, even specially trained people who are made to have the highest level of, of combat, they can get handsy with you. But you you got a little bit of ability. If you're just a, a, a starter UFC fighter, they may have to use deadly force to because if you get the right kick, they down. Now I got a gun. I got to kill you, or you gonna kill me. I have to fear that. I, I, I just, I just I'm like. Yeah. I think that's a branding thing, though. Like you're gonna respect, you're gonna respect whatever you believe is the standard or the brand of the organization that you're looking at, right? So you talked about like if if the standard is that all civilians think that they can run up on police officers, then of course you're going to need big, bulky guys. But if the standard is all police officers are going to act in a way as to only serve and protect people. Um, in the manner to which to preserve human life, then you're you may you may interact differently. 
If you think that all police officers are running red lights just to get home to eat a warm cooked meal, you're going to maneuver differently, right? So I think it all comes down to the branding and the standard of what people believe or portray your organization to stand for. Right? I believe I if believe that's that's what a lot of people's mindset is on it, and I believe that's wrong and it's and naive to a degree. To me, it's like a normal distribution. A certain percentage of people are naturally angels. They damn near don't need no punishment, no incentive to just be great people. Fifty mm-hmm. percent of people are. It's it's based on what's around me. If I'm around dope boys, I'm a dope boy. If I'm around uh, educated people trying to get, uh, strive to be better, I'm an educated person striving to be better. And there's twenty five percent. Hey, I don't care if I was born in heaven. I'm a bad person. I have it in my DNA to be. Combative with authority, dishonest, rob, rape, kill, like there's mm-hmm. human sin. When you believe that, no, if the cops were perfect, we'd be perfect. Then I agree. It makes sense because you have that mindset. I'm like, I believe in human nature. I believe there's some bad apples everywhere. No matter what you do, you need people actually not only to uh, be told to be to act nice. You need people actually to fear act nice or these guys are coming. Like you have to have that, or you're like there's there's some people they don't listen to. Oh, well, this guy's you know he has a family at home. So but that is true. Stop. That like, is true. Out. But you don't like, police for the outliers. You police for the majority. And then if the majority is going to treat you with respect, wait, 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 and, that, and, and even that, you don't police for the outliers. You police for the majority. I disagree. I would say police actually police to stop the bad guys. Guys no. who are above average. You're not policing the natural that the average guy is just. Messing up on traffic violence. That's not the, the, the primary. The primary is the worst of the worst. The top 25%, most aggressive, most criminal-minded. And in doing so, you actually affect some of the people. You go in Laws are in place for the majority. Laws are in place for the majority. The Correct. justice system is in place for the outliers, the people who sneak outside of the That's what I'm saying. You were but saying, I'm you were saying, saying that, like, if you think about a normal day of a cop, like, mm-hmm. he's not fighting all day. He's kind of like, traffic stops, ticket here. Kind of kicking it, watching something here, to get here, and you know what I'm saying. And then every now and then he gets that outlier. So it's like I can see what he's saying. Like it is a lot of the majority that most of their day is like ticketing. Some people are on the traffic stop, like they, you know what I'm saying. They doing different. Correct. Accidents. But I'm saying when you are interacting and you're looking for crime, the real the reality is that you are not aware of where the outliers are. They don't put on something on their car. You know I kill niggas. You know you stop me, I might fight. They don't have you. You're actually behaving mm-hmm. as though everyone is the outlier until proven not the outlier. You are the opposite because you must do so. That puts you on yourself. edge more than you need to be on edge, though. You you can't you can't if you no if you if if you're approaching every single woman is like yo she is playing me and I know she gonna play me. There's no chance that you're gonna win ever. Correct. When you're in a romantic sense, if you're if if your job is to stop the person with the knife. You cannot have the same mindset as the teacher whose job is to stop the bad kid from talking. You have to have a because your your consequences are death. <laughs> I might die tonight. Every person I stop, I don't know the nature of the person. That's valid. So I'm like, I just think realistically, like, and I, and I even understand, like, to me, I often say the masculine, feminine balance in society. I'm like, as men, I think we have a a priority to protect and understand what is necessary to protect. For me, I understand part of it is just following the rules. I must enforce that in the men around me, follow the rules, be orderly, be respectful in order to keep us intact. Mm-hmm. Now, I think there's a feminine energy, a, 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 something within me that's like, I do care. I, I do care for those small minorities. Like, that wasn't right. That was unfair. But the masculine of me is like, what I do, I, I'm not confirmed that 
what is being happened or, or the behavior of our police force uh, strikes me as unreasonably violent or disrespectful towards my group. I can't say it based off my observations. And I'm like, I actually have a rather large amount of interaction with the police. Like, I feel like I've gotten, I, I might have gotten stopped like 20 times. And at one point, I actually yeah. said that it's kind of crazy. Like, I thought that there was a evidence that I was getting missed. <laughs> no, no for real. I thought it was evidence of, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is proof. Like, I'm a black man. I keep getting stopped. You know what I'm saying? I had to be honest with myself. A couple of those cars were not the greatest quality cars that just brought attention through a light being out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, some of that is on me. You know what I'm saying? Five to eight of them. I can't agree. I, I tend to have bad directions and now I'm taking a legal turn to get back or, you know, I'm like, that's reasonable. And then I have to say, there's times where they reasonably, reasonably could have stopped me and the guy was nice. All right, man, y'all go ahead. So if I'm going to really calculate and average it with the, the bad situation I've had with, it, with police officers where they were unnecessarily aggressive, overall, it comes out to like, they're pretty decent. You know what I'm saying? And I believe a lot of people have the experience in the black community specifically. I only talk about the people that I think are capping. The black people that are like, yo, I grew around white people. I grew in decent areas. And to be honest with you, I agree with you, Cody. I've had pretty balanced views of the police officers in my life. I'm just saying what is popular. I'm like, you're wrong. That's that's an, you're doing something that is not virtuous because you're not being honest with your observation. There might be a minority of black people that truly have feel outsized pressure from police, but I'm like the majority. I'm like something is not. I'm like a lot of it to me just to sound in, to sound black, sound cool. I'm like you ain't really, you don't really believe that they are the bane of our existence. I'm like, I'm, like I've made the comment before. I'm like, bro, when I go to parties, I'm nervous about dudes. Who look like me? I'm not. My, yeah. my my concern is not police officers. It's uh black men. Like, but so I, I'm not being honest. I, I think what makes it hard is that it's like we know that if you get to a certain level, bet belt in mixed martial arts or in you know anything karate, whatever, you get to a certain level belt, you're you're better than the top ten percent of the world. Why should we not put the police in that top ten percent so that they can? do a lot of this stuff without having to kill nobody. You know what I'm saying? That, like, that's hard to like reason with when we know that this is a possibility. Like, me and you can go get a class and, and train for a couple months and we could be top 10% in the world. Not in the world, but maybe in our area at least. In some crap. In yeah. some type of you know what I'm saying? Like, and with, I, with hands. Like, why not give them hands? And then, again, this is, the, to me, the masculine quality has to be reasonable. Any, for most fields, to be in the top 10%, constitutes you probably make six figures from what i've seen and what i've observed you can look on online job requests i don't know police officers for the most part making any type of income close to six figures when you make it a hundred thousand you can reasonably say everybody in our stuff you got to know uh uh taekwondo muay thai you have to truly be a fighter you and then at that point you're right but if you are giving mediocre income, then it's the same as teachers. I would say, why are all teachers not brainiacs in all fields? We all know teachers as you like. Hey, I wouldn't just but say this person's just uh, where I push the most back, intelligent fellow like, I know. Where I push but, back is that teachers went to school for a certain amount of time. You can graduate high school. Right. So that's just a year of putting in the work. Like You know what I'm saying? Like so, we go, Why would I spend more time to talk to such students? You know, I'm learning how to talk to people. Rather than somebody else who's going to police people, they should be learning how to talk to people and combat people for that 
similar amount of time. But we're going to say the teacher is like, that's four years. But at least. And that's even reasonable. I'm just saying the level of standards have to be, have to make sense. Okay, for example, if you have, if a, if a teacher had nine months with a student to mm-hmm. get them to read or write or do math at this level and, was a, and failed at that, should we hold them to a very strict, strong, like, what the hell? Just, like, blast them on social media and everything to the same degree that you would hold one cop that may have stopped over 10,000 people in a year who got into one offense and we're, like, sketchy on was it bad or right. I think you should actually be able to hold the teacher more accountable. I'm it's saying, a lighter that's, thing. That's not a comparison, t- though. Like, uh, what, you got to say, like, of a teacher who's been teaching for 20 years and slapped the fuck out of a kid. <laughs> That teacher's gonna get blasted. That, he yeah, didn't yeah. interact with so many kids. But you're saying death versus like a failed student. That's not the same. Like you gotta say slap the kid and they're gonna get and, blasted. And even with that, I'm saying if the kid initiates contact with the teacher, talks to them, do you believe, y'all honestly believe the teacher will have a more negative connotation than a cop? The answer is no. If you get violence or any type of disrespect, they might applaud you. Somebody else gonna pick you up. The only time it's wrong is if you are committing pedophilia or if you initiate the, the, you just came out of nowhere and just, you're just drunk and you just, then you will. But if it's a reasonable, people look at the film and be like, damn, the kid was talking kind of. I can't agree with that. We could ask people, I'm like, I think there's actual video evidence of teachers who were guiding into a physical altercation after being perturbed. And you can look in the comments. It's people like, well, the kids just remember, hey, I don't blame teachers. Hey, to be real, but, 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 it ain't, it ain't, wrong, it's not man. death with the teacher. Thomas, Thomas, have you seen that video of a kid at PC or somebody was getting choked by a white teacher and it was a black kid and they were like, wow, he's like, oh, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What kind of, they were treating him just bad. like a bad cop. Like, yeah, they were. They were. He was, because he's white. Dude was fighting. Okay. Yeah, the teacher was white. I do believe that. I be, oh, I I am on the side that black people have an unreasonable standard when it comes to black. If it's a black woman slapping up a black woman, a black uh, student, it's a hey, well. I gotta see the video. Black man slapping up a black kid. Hey, I gotta. As soon as it's a white dude, we start. I'm like, no, nah, y'all crazy as hell. I've, I've seen plenty of black dudes get completely disrespectful with the coach. I would not snitch on this coach. I'm not gonna do it because I believe in an evil plan. Like it has to have a morality. If you talking crazy, if you wouldn't say this to a group of grown black men, and then and then a white dude uh, all of a sudden gets aggressive, I don't just naturally say, "Oh, it's a sign of racism," mm-hmm. or "It's a sign of that." So I, I just, you know, that's that's my. Let's level. let's ask our guests though. Do you feel like the race rules that have emerged in you know the last decade or half a decade at least that it's unbalanced, like it's a little too much? What do you think? Oh yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I think it's a little imbalanced. Okay. I mean, it, it's it's a little imbalanced. I mean, we're just having a lot of public exposure to pretty much what's happening. You know, mm-hmm. what's been happening all along. Right. And I think that's that's truly what's making the difference is just this constant public exposure to, you know, everybody recording whenever an event happens and then it gets publicized and then this and then whoever is the attacker is getting you know criticized but it's definitely going to be more on the side of the person's white and attacking a black person right you know because that's already what's popular in the media and the media is always going to publicize you know the negative before the positive always and that's usually going to be that case so yeah i definitely think it's an unbalance right now because of social media always going to be no way around it you don't think it's going to change 
It is. I do think it's going to change. You think there's going to be a shift from negativity to positivity in social media? No, the shift is this. The shift is this. I believe that, and this is one of my concerns why I feel like it's important to speak out and come like, I don't believe that as much attention and sympathy will be placed on us for much longer because I believe there's going to be a shift in attention towards A, LGBT, B, maybe Middle Eastern and Hispanic uh, issues. They will be the groups that I think are more protected as they start to get an increased amount of population. And just I believe that I just believe there's trending values of the world. So they may for a moment, there may have been like we're really concerned about the mistreatment of the way that African-Americans are treated. They give you a time. And, you know, what I'm saying we can for us, it may feel relatively short. But throughout, you know, I'm saying the last 50 years, there's there's a tension placed on our on our group as a protected group or a group that, you know, you know, receive mistreatment. I think. The shift can gradually become, yeah, all right. They have their time. They don't. If you don't increase your 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 um, what's it called population at a certain rate, you don't become the vote. You don't have the same voting power, the same buying power, the same power or uh, or need for people to yeah for for politicians and legislation to appeal to you. And as the groups that do have that more have more appeal as they get larger, I think that the tension is placed on them, and I think then people will come back. And hold us to the same degree as most groups, and it'll like be like a shell shock situation. I'm like, you should prepare. We should prepare ourselves for that moment, like the moment when people are like, "Hey, look, bro, like, you know, how y'all how y'all really behaving? Like, you, you know, for 50 years we just wasn't saying nothing, but for real, for real, y'all tripping. It's on y'all. Like, you got to get right. There ain't really nothing we could do. Like, I, I really do believe that there becomes a you go through periods where people are very sensitive, mm-hmm. which is maybe now. I think there will be a period where people are very insensitive. Like, okay, bruh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, systemic racism, that's the reason. Okay, I'm sure. Sure is nothing else, guys. Sure there's no other reasons why you got... They're going to... They, they can't be this fake sensitivity for forever. I just don't believe all groups are going to do that. There's going to be other groups that say... Even, like, when I say Hispanic or LGBT... There's comparisons to the strife or the struggle of Afri- enslaved African Americans as there is from the LGBTQ community. And eventually they may say, look, y'all had y'all time with that. We respect it. But you know what I'm saying? Like, we got we to gotta get our issues off right now. It's, it's the same with Hispanics. They may say, look, y'all had your time, but we got a current immigration situation. We have this thing. Like, we're kind of not as concerned with, uh, with uh, hearing your complaint consistently but i don't think it's just like that forever like i just don't believe it's going to be a lot like that though what you got to say yeah i would definitely say um (laughs) that i don't see there being a switch simply because whenever yes you're saying when the when the population grows in lgbt communities or hispanic communities or asian communities however our community has been the the minor the majority minority for the longest period of time and we have got the least justice for example when asians had some kind of strife they got retribution. They got a law passed them. When LGBTQ had some kind of strife, they had some. Uh, they had retribution immediately. Whenever thing, when, it doesn't matter about their population. They they have people in power, and they can just, and then they get retribution. They 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 get a law passed for them. They get some kind of way that, you know, they feel safe. For black people, our problem is we haven't really had. You know, we just had a law passed where lynching is illegal. We just got something for that. Which I just like. We just got when something. Murder is already illegal. What is the what is the real benefits of that law for us? It's more of a racism thing. 
it's more of a racism thing. We just want justice for a certain form of racism. Because you know, who else is getting hung? The Asians are getting hung. Are Mexicans getting hung? Are we? We're what is the rate at which we're getting hung currently? I'm pretty sure it's higher than, higher than any <laughs> other race. Wait, what, what, what would be the number of, of, of lynch black people that you would have to say, like, 100% oh, it's getting out white. of crazy. It's getting crazy, bro. We really got to get rid of it. These lynchings get nuts, bro. 2020 was a crazy lynch year. It's not getting publicized. Like, it might not get publicized. We just found out that there was slavery still happening in South Georgia. There are, things, there are places happening in those rural places in Georgia. It's just not getting publicized. We're getting hung and then getting, that's it. They're just missing. But there's KKK rallies happening every day. We don't know about. We I'm sure we get hung all the. Not saying we, but African Americans getting hung all the time. Like we just won't know about because that's not going to get publicized in that rural South South Georgia, rural um, rural Tennessee, rural Alabama. I'm, I'm sure there are places in Alabama where you always get lynched. You get lynched. You get lynched in the apartment outdoor. Of, <laughs> <laughs> you get lynched in the apartment in the outdoor courtyard. Of, of some interracial, uh, while some a black dude is having an interracial affair with a white woman <laughs> openly and lovingly. Yeah. But you, you, you're getting lynched in the same area as so many interracial kids playing baseball. Like it just, it just it, it, I, I get what people are saying. I'm like, guys. Like, I just, when you go to college and when you just travel, when you just talk to people, I think you come to realize, like, as a black person, you, you have seen more than what you think you've seen. Like, I think we, we, we're, we're taught to believe, like, well, I don't know because I haven't seen, I'm like, you go to a couple of experience, if you, if you've been really immersed in black culture, you've really been around, you know more about it than what I think even we admit to know. And what I'm saying I've admit to know is that, I've seen men who talk like they're from the hood who actually come from more money than me. These dudes just didn't read as much. So I was thinking this whole life, I'm like, ah, damn, I'm coming from wealth. I'm not coming from wealth. I, t- I read well, and I write well, and I talk well. So now everybody's like, okay, well, you come. No, I'm not. I ain't got no Jordan. I ain't got no car. I am saving. I am more humble and more. You will meet. Um, women who come from two parent households, dads, their brother and sister is graduated, and she loves hood dudes. It's just the she gonna be cursed to a bad future because she's just attracted to bad guys. There's no way, like, and I think when you realize this, <laughs> we had to go bash women on the low. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I gotta get some of this, but no, no, no. what I'm trying to say is, I just feel like we always have this belief that there's like a large amount. When I say large, like, there's a belief in the black community, like, there's like thirty percent of like. Angels that just have life against them. And I'm like, I think there's about an equal percentage as in every race of people who are really just doing everything right and just can't get. I'm like, man, there's a lot of people with just they just drink too much or they just they just don't have good (laughs) resumes. They don't apply. They don't show up on time or it's not deep intrinsic the world's hunting against you like no it's not and i just think we we we, we be harping on that. i'm like I, i'm like yeah, did y'all feel that way i'm like i just never felt that. i'm like we went to high school together we went to college together i'm like i ain't even feel like the white even the white uh the most uh the white greeks the people that i saw racing i'm like eh. i feel like if i would have just walked up to the camp when it was day little rush week that i'm like yo what's your name cody like they weren't even like they weren't really that stiff. All they did was do their thing, and the people who came was. I'm like, I'm like, it's just so much. I think they hype up the situation. I'm like, all right, if that's what y'all feel, I'm like, my my, my worst times with them was they was like pressing us at college parties, and like even as a grown man, I've grown to admit, I'm like, eh, we did have like 80 people in like a small college party. It's actually very unsafe. I get it. 
Like, I can't really trip on y'all. Drugs and guns and sex. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, we were actually, it was a kind of irresponsible behavior. I can't say, other than that, I'm like, when did they, I I feel it, because I'm like, I'm trained to say they ain't right. But then I just try to run back my highlight tape of like, unless they... And I can't. That's what they do want it. you. They want you. They want you to no, stay woke, right. Cody. Stay woke, Cody. I hate. I hate. I have to ask this question, but do you think racism is gone? You said what? <laughs> do, you, do you think racism is gone? Like it's really depleted, and we just faking it now. It's no, I woke. think racism is reaching in America. Place. It's reaching that that point. Uh, it's like that that ten percent sin. Just like I think. It's like almost like saying, do you think dishonesty is gone? I, I do think you think that theft is gone, murder. I'm like, yeah, it's gonna stay at ten percent. It's the same. It ain't at thirty five percent where man, we can I just don't feel I'm like man. I, I I see too many white men and women that I feel like if I started a conversation, we could be friends. She is attracted to black men. He's cool with black dudes. It's it just like I'm like I don't I can't say in my day to day life that I'm meeting a large amount of people or having a large amount of experiences with any racial group that suggests there's an overwhelming amount of racism in this country. And then just my historical knowledge and just you can just look at documentaries and just research other countries. I'm like, we got to be top five in love and kindness towards other races. There's no other group. I'm like, I don't think Cody. I would just go to China and just they'd be like, yo, this man, Cody, cool. What's up? What's up? It's love. It's love. No, no. I don't think I'm just going to Brazil and they like, man, it's a couple of black dudes that show love. Like, Cody, where is the, woke, what bro. is the area that stay everybody's woke. like, oh, here's man, what here's what I feel like. I do. I will attest that, like, I feel like um, the whole war situation over there and whatever that country is, um, I feel like that kind of highlighted the world racism. And it kind of like made me like lose hope in racism being completely obliterated. But it did make me recognize that I think there's more of a hands off racism going on. And it's like they just winded us up in a direction. And now we're just rolling that way. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. it's hard to stop this motherfucker from going bad. Like, you know what I'm saying? All, there's always a bit of unconscious natural racism yeah. that happens. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like what you mean? I'm saying, I feel like they set us off in a path. Who was they? The man. Okay. Like, from the beginning of being released from the shackles of slavery. Uh-huh. You know, as we went through the civil rights era with the redlining and all of that, it's like they set us in a direction that's it's hard to work out of. And I think our culture has like taken a hold of it that direction as well. And you know what I'm saying? Because this is the way things are supposed to be. It's a primary excuse, I would say, for our skin folk. We we use racism as an excuse for almost everything. I really don't like that. I mean, I would say it's definitely prevalent, and you know, we we're getting we're exposing a lot more racism for everything. We got a long comment. Hey, yeah, somebody supposed to read that one, but I'm like, no. What Miles is saying is, well, I'm per- it's I'm a huge excuse. It's just a cycle to me. I think, and and I just said this to you guys. I know you. Anybody who's educated and smart and kind of moving righteous, upright in their morals, this is what you're going to go through if you're black. You'll initially go as an innocent kid, then you'll be introduced to racism and kind of feel for it because the empathy in you is like, dang, that is unfortunate that they feel that way. Then as you live, as you go to school, as you go to work, 
there will be some realization. God damn, it's a cool ass white lady who's the manager. <laughs> oh man, it's a cool white dude who kind of show, you know he's always saying, "Hey, what's up, man?" And before you know it, these inter- these con- these little conflicts, you get you know you get a little. Uh, that does not mean that they're not a little racist. No, and I'm you saying you can have a cool ass murderer. But what my thing is this: I'm like, there's a little little level of all bad within all humans. You get what I'm saying? Like, for example, okay, even as we're we all speak, little racist. Yeah, that's like Everybody. that's like saying yeah. The, the level of racism that racism that's in every person is like trying to measure the level of lust in every individual man. Like a woman saying, like, they all a little lustful. Yeah, you're right. Duh. They're all a little <laughs> racist. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, I, I'm going to tell you straight up. I'm like, listen, if I go anywhere and it's a whole bunch of uh, black dudes with dreads, I'm like, okay, well, I, I'm not filing taxes here. <laughs> Some of y'all are black. Fast. I'm black. Hey, I ain't doing no quick. It's got to be somebody with a low fade. So I got to see a bald black man. I'm not anywhere where it's all twist. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm calling my girl like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you say? I'm like, yeah, I got to get out of here. If I go any, I'm not going anywhere to go uh, to drop an album and I come in and it is like, Nobody got a chain on, no ice, and these all you know, white guys with uh, buzz fades. And we about to hop, we got to drop a hip hop album? <laughs> no, we dropping country. Yeah, yes. And, and some people say, well, that. that's a little prejudice. That's a little racist because you're I'm like, yeah, well. It's an image. You get what I'm saying? I'm not, if we, if we go into a, 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 a self defense class and we doing Muay Thai and it's nothing but, uh, but, but women in there, I'm like, oh, cool. Damn. But, uh, <laughs> You know, if we could get it, I'm, I'm trying to take it to the next level. I'm trying to get serious. And I don't care. Everybody tries to say, oh, you can't say that. I'm like, dog, like, be honest. Be real, man. Let's get serious and stop playing. Really, bro? Like, you can't, like, I just, I just, I just can't. There's a certain level of prejudice. Or I, what they say is prejudice. I'm like, it's a generalization made on observable facts about your group. And you why are those observable facts true is what the root cause is. Why are the observable facts? Because true? you just you see it over a course of time. Okay, and oh, the course of time started where? What social media? Yo, you blame it on slavery. You always, he, yeah. I blame it on. I blame it on household. He blames it on slavery. My the reason I say this is this, Thomas. I'm telling you, I knew you in middle school, high school. You were very. Uh, you, to me, you were morally upright in the second place. School. You said what? In the second. <laughs> no, okay, look, Thomas. Thomas, look, yeah, Thomas had a deep dark past. He definitely liked snow bunnies. That's cool. Is whatever the, he can do his thing. I'm like, but the, but other than that, I'm like, you were very kind, very smart, but a, a, a natural born leader. I'm like, you didn't embody any of the negative stereotypes of African American, uh, other than maybe a little womanizing. I guess you can say that. But other than that, that popping niggas let in practice, me. right? Yeah, 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 hitting people in football. But other that than that, I'm like, let so me. I'm like, your dad wouldn't let you because you had your dad around <laughs> yeah. and you was chilling. Yes, it's not our culture. It's not because of slavery. It's like you had a dad. A lot of these dudes right. ain't got dads. That's what? half the problem. We're trying it? to be like, oh, it's going to slave. I'm like, no. You just had two father figures in your the life. Dads you are be, incarcerated. Yeah, bro. Like it's gonna come back to the it. dads are incarcerated because of slavery. The, slavery. Yeah. Oh, okay. Lack not, of resources. Hey, not because no no drugs. And why do you sell drugs? Why do you sell drugs? Why you sell drugs, bro? You said what? Why do you sell drugs? Lack of resources. Lack of access. Oh yeah, because everybody who sold, everybody who sold was in the hood and had no other option. But drugs were planted in our communities. Drugs were planted in our communities. That's where the whole drug. You say stuff from. Exactly. Thank you. On crack. But even even that. Reagan. Even that. 
It can be planted. I'm like, yeah. Franklin. When was it planted? It was like the 70s. The 70s. It's been a whole bunch of batches of black men that could have figured it out. Like, hey, hold on. We can stop. And then they you gotta put that. They on killed the black no, man. Killed them. Remember the black no, Panthers? Black gotta, Panthers. They killed the black man. They could have figured it out. <laughs> you. All I'm trying to say is it's on the individual black man. And I think when everybody realizes, hey, look, I don't got. I have not been uh, entrenched in deep gang life. And even I had offers or, or ability. If I wanted to sell some drugs, I could do it. It's an individual choice. Everybody I like man. And I'm and, and my whole big argument is that I do agree for you guys. Like when you say, well, there's some people that they have no other way of making money. I'm like, I agree. And I feel bad for them. I'm not even speaking to them. All also, I argue, also what you see is what you'll be. And no, nah, I don't care about that. I, I argue what I argue is this. <laughs> You're a less, mentor. Less than sure. twenty less than twenty percent of African Americans in the current system have no other choices. So 80% of y'all, four out of five, that get into the crimson. No, 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 no. You, you had a grandma, you had an auntie, wait, you had some wait, coaches, wait, you had a cousin that was doing straight. You did not. No. Are you saying 20% of like in prison people are had no other choices? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying, I'm saying. I think it's more than that. I said 20% or less were people that I could, there was no other way I could find a job. I had no choice but to commit these acts. I didn't see the vision is the way it should be. I didn't see the vision to getting to the point that I needed to be to supply funds for my family. I didn't see the vision. It's a lot of people. There's other groups that are just poor. And I also needed money. But they don't necessarily commit to crime. And we have to make the correlation that the the, being poor does not. Not everybody gets poor and just says, you know what, bro? I'm going to go get this from another man tonight. That's not just natural. You have to have something with That's it some grimlish, that yeah. goes to that monster. You get <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? There's, like, there's different, and, and, and until we get to the point, it's like, nah, there's certain decisions that one has to make. Okay. Like, for example, if you're if you're under the the, un, the belief that every woman that is poor had to sell her body to get money, okay, then that's your belief. And under your belief, essentially, you can't even hold anybody who's below 30000 accountable. You just have to say, hey, I understand me, I'm like, no, 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 no. Only people damn near, you got to be below sweat. You got to be, I can't do nothing. And then I understand. Most of you, I'm like, no, I think you actually, you skated out early. You didn't look for all the McDonald's signs. You ain't look for all the car washes. You ain't take all that. You tried to skate the process. You tried to go around some stuff. And you went into a life that is that is that has some negative consequences. I don't believe in the... The only thing we disagree with is the sheer amount of who was forced. Like, the common black belief is damn near 40%. Like, almost above half. I'm like, oh, yeah, y'all got survivor's guilt. Y'all boys, <laughs> y'all went to college, and y'all y'all think, damn, I went, if everybody had the opportunity, I'm like, uh-uh. It's some boys that had the opportunity you had. They had the same dad, <laughs> was in the same high school with you, went the same bus, the same neighborhood, just couldn't do it. I don't have the same. I'm like, no, 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 no. I knew it because you can even think about how we behaved in high school and middle school. I would be in the the front of the auditorium just looking at the person who's talking. Because I saw I remember, vision. And I, I remember seeing in my same high school, there's a group, you look in the back, it's 12 dudes laughing, being disrespectful. Them boys failed. They didn't see the vision. Deserved it. Hey, them boys deserved it. They Sorry. They didn't have a household to teach them what to do. They didn't see the that. vision. Hey, look, and, and, that's, and what you guys are saying, to me, I think that's the motherly quality. The, it has to be a balanced society. There's got to be a mom. You that's just like, say I didn't. I had my dad in my life, and that's the reason why I'm. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm telling you the way you described <laughs> your dad. Boy. The way you described your dad to me, uh-huh. he was a little bit more. Uh, I had strict standards. Go get it. Yeah. You never described to me a man that says, 
Oh, well, because you didn't see me become an IT guy, you can't become an IT guy. You didn't see me get the scholarship. You can't get the scholarship. My dad didn't say that either. That's not a man. That mom got to say some cute stuff. Oh, baby. Well, maybe if you had um, we're We represent the dads, the uncles. Yeah. Hey, y'all boys tripping. Nope. You in trouble. Go to the back. Go to the back of the line. Back. You're talking. Back of the line. Just, you, have to have, you have to have a balance in your society. I'm like, we have too many men that's like, dog, there's, no, there's an excuse for everything. I'm like, nice if, if you excuse everything... <laughs> Under the tie of racism, I'm like, okay, well, shit. Just say you don't, you don't think we can make it. You don't think we can ever be straight because racism. <laughs> hey, slavery happened, so y'all, y'all thing kind of says there is no solution. I'm like, I can't, I can't live with that. It has to be a a strict code of this how we move, this how we trying to get. I'm like, I need pragmatic, measurable steps towards success. Like but, that's why I'm like, I'm more for respectability politics and all that than more people. I'm like, more people are like, nah, you can do whatever. I'm like, no, hell no. Can't do whatever. Certain way, certain formula. So if we had slavery and everything right, and I'm also, you know, I'm into real estate. Um, so <clears throat> that's segregation and the discrimination of, you know, finances didn't stop after we became free. So even well into years, maybe in the 80s, you know, into the 90s, where black people were still getting rejected for FHA properties, you know, so they weren't able to get properties. They weren't able to secure financial success. So they were pretty much, you're saying, you know, <clears throat> That we're using racism as an excuse. I'm also saying it as well, but we do have 300 plus years of behind. We're, we're very far behind. We're really trying to catch up. And when we're still trying to catch up from almost 10, maybe 20 years ago in our own lifetime, where we're behind in terms of property values, 300, 400, $500,000, we can't even secure properties anymore simply because the white people, they were able to secure FHA loans while we were still being declined FHA loans with the same credit scores simply because of discrimination, even after we were for free. So we're we're severely set back and we're just trying to make our way back. So I can see us. I can definitely reason, uh, reasonably justify people using racism as an excuse. But we do have to work our way. You know, we, we do have we have to work. We have to work two, three, four, five times harder than anybody else. You know, I think that's I think that's what I, I end up turning out good because my mom told me that that I have to work 10 times harder than the people around me, even in my environment. I'm from Southside Clay County. A lot of people didn't make it out. A lot of people are drug dealers. A lot of people can't get homes. It's, it's, it's hard to make it out of certain parts of my county. And but I came from there and was successful simply because I knew that I had to work 10 times harder because of racism, because of slavery, because of the setbacks that our people had to deal with and here I am now because I didn't use it as an excuse though, but I use it as a reason for me to push harder. I and I and I think the the proper way to look at it is there is unfairness historically speaking, but now there has to be a culture of excellence or, or standards that promotes excellence currently. And now we look at your individual steps from where you are currently at. Like for example, if we were to use the historical uh, belief of slavery is what put us back. To me, you have to be able to track this and use it in different groups. So we'd say Jews who are more closely associated to the Holocaust, we'd have to say that their trajectory or their ceiling or where they should be right now should be comparable, if not worse, than modern day African Americans. In, you know in Germany, in Germany though, because no, when, no, no. when you leave when you leave the country, you're being discriminated, and your your history changes. I would, why, why you say that? You don't think you don't think there's been a history of anti-Semitism ever in America? 
When? Like when? It, when has it been like very prominent? The anti-Semitism was. I think anti-Semitism and anti-Italian um, immigration and uh, and and uh, what's the other group? And Asians as well during the, the early 1900s. Asians definitely. Jews not so much. Maybe just in a small area. And I, and I understand it's going to be distinguishable a little bit because of yeah. your your race. I'm just yeah. saying, and we can even make a comparison. I know, like, I don't have the, the specific studies, but I'm like, we would have to even compare. People who come from poverty in Africa or or Caribbean areas, and then come and do successful in America, to me, this is proof or evidence that we have to be able to to look at it and honestly compare it. Like people I know who come from Caribbean uh, upbringing or African uh, upbringing, to me, there's a promotion of education mm. and certain values that just led them to being more likely to be successful. I cannot say they are observably from the eye physically different where our police or teachers would treat them different and we cannot say they came from a more positive financial upbringing than us if they're first gen- generation i'm like how is this occurring i'm like at what point would we say hey this is the cutoff after x amount of years from your slavery point you are now looking at your behavior and individual stuff and even if you guys were to stem it towards slavery to me the concept the unintended consequences is that you don't give hope if your if your message is that the causation of your problem was something that you cannot mute, it already occurred and mm-hmm. it's long standing and it, it's it's daunting. It can pretty much uh, taint anybody's uh, success. What is the hope in that message? Whereas one person is saying, "I'm aware of what happened in the past, but I believe if you get it out the mud, if you do uh, if you if you have a little bit of spirituality about yourself, a little hard work, a little discipline, you do this, this, and that, you can make it." I think option B is the better success message for people in our racial group. You know what I'm saying? And I think option C is the correct message where it says, hey, I understand what happened, right? Here's the root cause. We found the root cause. Here's how we can correct the root cause and move forward going better. In order to do that, you have to eventually... You have to root what is causing us currently. So say say what you're saying. I I agree with that. You said it was racism. You have have to now say, but now it's just... Miseducation, or now it's lack of effort in this. But you have to solve for both, though. You can't only solve for one and think things are going to work out. You can't solve for the historical injustice. How could you solve for it? Reparations, bro. Reparations. Thank you, my brother. We did the math on that, and it's statistically impossible. We would put the country so far in debt because we're owed. If we're talking about the interest as well that's piled on top of the reparations, we're owed like billions. Y'all seen episode four of Atlanta? The reparations tax. Where it had yeah, white people, it had white people giving giving back fifteen percent mm-hmm. of their wow. <laughs> of their paycheck to whoever they owned as slavery. Wow! But I, and I and I even attest to that, like seeing how the Hispanic population just comes and without even speaking the language, they just come and grind and doing the labor jobs that you know people don't want to do, and they eventually work their way up. Seeing how the Asians and the Africans both emphasize education, I do think we hold some responsibility in it. I think it's like I said earlier, though, it's like it's a mindset that was given to us to adopt, you know, like, you know, what I'm saying like it, they kind of I agree. And, but we have to take some responsibility to break out of it. I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. part. Of I it. agree. Yeah. I'm going to move to the second topic, but I agree with what you're saying. I think that's what I'll be trying to tell people when I'm talking to perspective. I'm like, it's a mindset thing. Like you can the culture of the ideas. We said this in the last episode, the culture, the ideas that are, that are kind of uh, pushed to you are taught. And that's part of your generational wealth. Some people, I'm telling you, uh, you walk on Georgia Tech campus, I even make little comments, I'm like, you walk on 
I've been to, you know, I'm part of Cap Outside. I've been to campuses, uh, UGA, Georgia Tech. I'm like, it smells different. It feels different with those brothers. It feels like everybody in the room believes they're going to make it. Everybody's successful. They move in a little different, more, huh, it's a little more calm. You can go to different campuses. It's a little different energy. I'm like, it's the, it's the, the, uh, you know what I'm saying? All people in these distinguished, high academic achieving schools, all the black people are still different. If you can, you can tell they believe there's a little bounce of stuff. I'm like, I'm talking to Miles. I'm like, I think the same with y'all. I'm like, I never felt like Monte Thomas Miles was doubting what I'm gonna do in the future. It's how I'm gonna do it. You when you when you if you got a culture where you like, man, I don't think I'm gonna make it. You moving bad. They never felt that way. It, it's about the way and part of it. Some of you, some people know. I'm like, I keep bringing it back to the family. I'm like. I know I saw your dad at the practice. I remember you mentioning your relationship with your father. I know you had a close relationship with your stepfather. I had a close relationship with my father. I'm like, yeah, guys, it's easy. <laughs> I can give you some of the ways to do it. It is you got to have a good, like, the family structure. Go to church a little bit. Read books to your kids. It's basics. We trying to go back to, yeah, the white man killed my dad in 1875. I'm like, man, that doesn't even make sense. It's serious. Let's lock in. But. We're going to move on. We had another uh, issue. This is something that um, we, we talked about a little bit in prior episodes. I want to bring it back because Jen Psaki, White House press secretary, I believe, she made a comment recently saying that uh, gender affirming medicine, gender affirming medicine that could uh, mean puberty blockers, which would, you know, halt the second the second level of, uh, of, of masculine or feminine characteristics that you reach in adulthood, like broader shoulders, facial hair, uh, Breast and you know it can sterilize you as well <clears throat> is uh medically approved and it's the safest thing for transgender minors. Uh, I have you know very strong opinions about it, but I just wanted to hear you know from Miles A. When did, would you say is the appropriate age for people to start taking on um, gender affirming medicine? B. What do you feel about the fact that it has been medically approved? If it has been, you know, it's never been uh, proven, but it's been medically approved by professionals to give this medicine to uh, children or people below the age of 18? Well, I'm going to give my opinion. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's no right all I can do. There's no right or wrong. Tom but I will say this yeah. is... <clears throat> I can't speak for their community, but I will say that I do feel in the eyes of the law and technicalities that we're talking about, you're able to get a job at 15. You're able to drive at 15. Um, 16, you can be tried as an adult, you know, in certain circumstances. So if we're talking about making decisions for, you know, for the rest of your life, then I would definitely talk about 15, 16. Now, do I feel like that's still a good age? I I really don't. I mean, I would Brian, Let me stop you right there. I always <laughs> like to put pressure on our guests. You don't have to worry about the legality of it. Only say what you would do. I like to give people the example that you are the emperor of a small village Mm-hmm. 10,000 citizens they going off whatever you say would you allow for uh, would, would you allow for this medicine to be uh, given to children and if so at what age would you do so it has to be approved to the parent if this we're talking about I'm the emperor of a country and you know, I make all the rules it has to be approved to the parent regardless of the age that's what I would say you know because the parents I would say it has to be it has 100% it relies on the parents and they have to agree as well, as well as the child. You know, the child just can't make the decision or one parent can't make the decision. It has to be at least two people, you know, to finalize the decision. Two, you know, two guardians or maybe even if the father isn't in the picture, maybe the mother and the grandmother. We need 
we need some consensus before we make a life-changing decision for this child for the rest of his life. For example, you know, if this little boy wants to, you know, circumcise himself or, you know, cut off his his parts, that's that's a life-changing thing. He can definitely get him back. Did you allow that? Would I allow that? Yeah, it sounds like you said any age. Yeah, it's any age. Yeah, I mean, if, 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 it's, if you cut him off at 13 and 18, you decide you want him to get him back, you have every right to get, to get them back for sure. What Insane. if it's irreversible? Insane. If it's irreversible, <laughs> then we definitely have to postpone that decision. Because what are you thinking? What are you saying for? A, a I want him. To, I want to allow him to say if it's irreversible. At what age then? See, if it's irreversible, then we're talking about because we're talking about today's science. Today's science: a woman could become a man and, and become a woman again in literally the same year. Like we're we're, we're that advanced in science, so pretty much almost Smart nothing is irreversible. At she this can point. become. She can untie her tubes a and then tie, tie them again. <laughs> and then she can return to real womanhood. I'm not going to get into pronouns. I'm not gonna get not gonna get castrated because of the pronouns, but I will say that if it's well, you irreversible, these kids. <laughs> you castrate you know, these kids. You castrate these kids. No. If it's irreversible, no. then we have to talk about 18. We're talking about it's not even your mom's or your dad's decision anymore. You grown, probably not even 18. Like a tattoo. Your brain's not even developed till you 25 scientifically. Puberty, and, and keep in mind, puberty blockers. From my understanding of puberty blockers, I don't believe. Little women or little boys are able to like impregnate or to become pregnant. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming puberty blockers would sterilize one. I've seen I've seen a pregnant ten year old, eleven year old. As soon as they hit that period, they're able to. Right. Now I'm saying when puberty, like mm-hmm. you know, the period is puberty. So I'm like, if they were to block puberty, it would even if it's reversible in a physical sense that they get their breast back or get their their uh, you know the wiener back. It's about are they able to actually have children or you know enjoy Later sex. On. Would you, you know what I'm saying, does, does that factor into anything if you know, even if they can look better, they're going to always probably be unable to have children off, off the top because they took these puberty blockers. At that young age, I definitely don't think that they would understand those circumstances. At 13, 14, 15, I'm not thinking about me having kids or me reproducing or me having like a... I agree. So if they, if, they, so, if, you, if they don't know these decisions, <laughs> would you allow, you, but you said you allowed them at that age. At it has to be the parents. That's, that's what I'm saying. If, I, if I'm an emperor of my children and my the parents, I'm like, hey, have you guys thought about this that decision? Have you thought about that the fact your bloodline is not going to continue? Because this is this is your lineage that we're talking about. It's not mine. You may I I know for my children I'm gonna say no, but this is your household. This is your kingdom. You are the kingdom of your household. If I can't I can't tell each and every one of these kings and queens of their household that no, you can't do that for your princesses and princesses. That's your own household. You make that decision. I think parents are being... You know the consequences yeah. the same way I do. Parents are being influenced by the woke culture, though. Like, I think... 1,000%. It's like a guilt. Like, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm preventing my child, then I'm going against the the whole trans community because I'm not allowing my child to be comfortable. Am I a bad parent? Right, right. right. So we I never think, hit the end of that. In today's community? Mm-hmm. And that's why I think if I was emperor, I would raise the age to take that pressure off the parents because I think a lot of... A lot of parents who do it don't really want to, but they don't want to, like, make their child unhappy, you know, rebel against them, you know, make them feel like they don't support them. And So you raise it at what age? Is there a perfect age? It's not a perfect age, but I'd say 17. Okay. Thomas? 15. My answer is always 14, 15 for any, like major decisions you can make like that waiting waiting till your brain is fully developed is implausible because that's 25 years old then it's way too late right 
But I think it's way too late for what? When you say it's way too late, what is it? Way too late for the decision to an irreversible decision. Yeah, like what is it in the late? mindset of the person who's going through the trauma? You could have let me make this decision ten years ago, but you let me go through a decade worth of trauma, bullying, worth of not feeling like myself when I could have did this a decade ago. And by trauma, are you referring to the belief they should be in a different body and not being able to be in that? That's the trauma. Or even by being made fun of because I look a little bit different. Right. But they're regular. No, I could be a woman who looks a little bit too manly. I could be a man who looks a little bit too feminine. What you're saying is that if they did it at 25, they'd have 10 years of trauma. I'm like, that means that they didn't do it, which means that they look regular. They could still be dressing. Yeah. So you're saying the trauma of being still seized trying to figure out the way who that I am. they dress. Yeah, still trying to figure out who I am. Maybe right, changing your decade. voice, you know, acting differently. I can just tell you're homophobic by the way your face is going right now. Yeah. All right. That's, <laughs> that's exactly what I just recently got into an Instagram argument. She's like, I can just tell you're. Oh, like, the fact that you're mischievous. Like, oh, oh, is this okay, like my? How's this my? Yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. actually yeah. talk to her? Yeah, I actually talked to her. I was Yo, like, you're wild. <laughs> like, you're yeah, wild. I bet you're actually. I'm like, oh lord. But anyway, look. Damn. My stance on it is actually. <laughs> I didn't know you talked to her. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's actually opposite from everybody's standpoint. I think that this is like when when we get to a situation like this, it reaches the limit of logic versus like spiritual wisdom or just a belief in I'm like that's when I get to and I've been saying this the last couple episodes like why I reached a limit where you can't think a way past explaining what you know to be right or wrong and why there's a need for like a of a higher power. In an academic sense that's what I've started to come like religion isn't always just a oh we're just doing this to 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 feel part of a community. It's actually a need for religion to keep a peaceful society because Without religion, there really is, you guys depend on consent. Consent and just the belief that hey, if two adults say it's cool, it's cool. But when there's a religious uh, context, you can say, I believe in something that gives a reason as to why I don't believe we should do this. From what I'm saying right now, I'm like, I don't think as teenagers or any time before or recent, we would have naturally thought it was okay to ever castrate boys. Like, to ever get rid of their their test like I said explicitly because it's easier to say like oh, they get medicine and I'm like no they're taking the the balls off of little boys like you're you're cutting it off so that they could go to a different gender you are cutting the chest off of young women to look more masculine I think it's a wrong thing to do period but I definitely don't think any time before they're uh, adults which would be like, 18 I really don't believe that's a it's an ethical decision for a parent to ever Say, yeah, that's cool. Like, I think that we're not thinking of it realistic. Like, we're not thinking of it with a historical context. We're not thinking about what are we really doing? What is it that we're really saying? And I'm like, to me, when you boil it down, the belief is that I am what I feel I am. And when we affirm it, we're actually saying at no, no, re- no observable fact is true. You are what you are. And I always make this example and people are like, oh, no, that doesn't make sense. I'm like. If I can feel a different gender, I don't see a logical argument why you could not feel a different race, mm-hmm. why you could not feel a different species. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get why people are like, no, well, that's silly, Cody. I'm like, what do you mean it's silly? 
you could feel a different gender. You could feel like you're a cat. You yeah, that, like you're a dog. where is the limits? Like, and, and I think we've been trained. Like, when you're trained to to talk a certain way or say speak different certain speaking points, you're like, well, you always say, well, nah, that's crazy. I'm like, this is crazy to me. It's crazy that a whole bunch of people are like, hell yeah, like, if he was 16 and he's ready, chop his off, chop his shit off, like, cut it. He don't need that. Yet some people are are saying minors. Puberty blockers suggest below the age of 13. Like, that's another thing. Like we say in 14, 15, you already got a little chest hair. You already got a little mustache at 14, 15. Puberty blockers suggest you would stop kids from ages 8 through 12. You're giving a girl something that would make her unable to have children. You're giving a boy something that would enable for them to have erections and enjoy adult sex. This is reasonable to everybody. Like, think again, guys. This is what they're saying. And I just think it's like without religion, there's no way to just say, hey, guys, there's a higher power that we answer to. He thinks it's wrong. When you are, when you only depend on like science or like a, well, an objective morality that's like, I mean, a subjective reality of like nothing really means what is right or wrong, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, then you can actually say, well, if the parents think it's okay, then it's okay to cut it off. I'm like, no, what if the parents are crazy? We never say, oh, if the parents are okay, they can, uh, the kids can drive at age 12. Like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter. It's illegal. Like, for me, I'm like, it's illegal. You're going to jail. If I catch you with that, you're going to jail. Lock them up. Lock them up. Lock them up. Because <laughs> you're insane. You let a girl make a bad decision. I drove at 12 with my dad in the car. It was a chaperone decision. I drove at 12. But if you were caught, you would be in trouble. Every time we went south. <laughs> if I got caught, I'd definitely be in trouble. If we got an accident, I'd be in trouble. For sure. It's different. If you, if you, oh, it's if, different. If you okay, but like this, even at that, even at that's that, crazy, huh? Even at that, imagine if if you got to the point that uh, he saw it. Hey, yo, man, I'm at the bar, bro. I had to drink too much. Come pick me up. Any age before the age of seventeen, it's bad, babe. If he gets caught or you get caught, y'all going to jail, and everybody's like, "What are you doing?" With a responsible, you can get away with it, but it's wrong. And yeah, with a responsible mother, I understand. But I'm yeah. saying, anytime if you were below the age of thirteen. <clears throat> And you're caught driving to go pick up your drunk parent from anywhere. Mm-hmm. If you're caught, it will be blasted. And no one will say you were wrong. They'll no say parent. the parent was irresponsible and behaved like you're, they're getting taken away. What are you doing? CPS is on them. So I'm like, <laughs> that's what driving. I'm like, actually, some people can be whipping at age 13. It's very possible. Like, you know what I'm saying? But uh, the ability to say, hey, I think uh, it's time for me to make that leap. I'm done with this man stuff. I'm trying to go woman with it. Cut it off, dog. Don't need it. <laughs> I don't think. I don't hey, think. Trust I, me, man, I don't I, think a dude who's going to a woman is going to say it like hey, that. Hey, trust right? me. I went to. I, I've been, Cut it been off, dog. Uh, <laughs> hey, dog. According, according, according to y'all, they could be like, "Hey, man, just finished seventh grade. I done seen enough." <laughs> <laughs> hey, just finished seventh grade. I done seen get. enough. This is good as don't get. Hey, cut it off, dog. Hey, I don't a, need this. I'll say that. I also think like 14, 15 is too young because. The power of influence as a freshman in high school is kind of, it's a lot. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of freshmen are looking up to seniors. They're looking up to, you know, upperclassmen. That's why I feel like by 17, you know, had some years in high school where you kind of stabilized from the adjustment and you starting to find your own character. Yeah, exactly. You start to, like, individualize yourself and be yourself a little bit more. But freshman year, you'll go with anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, any crowd that makes you feel welcome, you might dive into it so that's why i'm like 14 15 might be enough 17 you can get a tattoo you know when you start getting to that upper upper age about to be 18 that's why i feel like it's on you man 
I, the reason I say no to that is that I think at 17, 18, most, you, you might get 75% of students say they don't want kids. Yeah, that's true. Shit, at my at 18, 17, I, like, I wanted like one, if any. I was like, I really didn't see any in my future. Like, I knew I wanted a family, but that wasn't, it was so far off. I wasn't even thinking about having one anytime soon. And I really didn't even like kids. With right. this, with this argument, guys, that you're, with this argument, you're never mature enough to make any decisions. Yeah. Because you could back, I could, I could say I want Mexican food tonight. No, no, no. And then tomorrow, <laughs> go against it. No, what you're saying, and, and, and you're making the case that the decision to change one's sex is like is one in kind. You can say that you want to have a funeral at thirty five. You want to be buried in a nice casket, and then at sixty five, you say like, "Nah, I realize that's a waste of money." I want what, my and, people and, to just. And I challenge you to think: uh-huh. what is the difference between your comparison and the permanent castration of a boy? This man cannot change at age thirty five, Thomas. Think of any example where you cannot drop out or go back on your decision, and you've actually done something that people consider immoral. A lot of people you consider can. a lot of people consider what people are doing as a form of torture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what what activity is compared? You're comparing it like, come on, guys, like, dog. I didn't know what college I wanted to go to, so I'm like, yeah, it wasn't a big deal. What's the fucking deal, dog? Yeah, it's completely different. Oh, it's think different, of, Cody. It's of, different. Of, it's almost like at age 15. It's, it's like 15 holding your son and walking into the school and saying, "Choose your wife, and you better live by that." At fifteen, they'd be like, "What? What are you talking about? I can't even. I can't even fathom where this girl's about to go to college. Why would you say you better choose your wife? And you looking at a imagine looking at a twelve year old boy. You better choose your wife. And you better love her. Bro, I swear to God, the rest of your life. It's like you eight years on you. It's an insane permanent. Like you there's happen. no what that used to happen. Yeah, they, we changed it all. We stopped doing that. Nobody gets married. But why? Did, why did we change that? Like we all we did was challenge our beliefs of what an adult was, and when you're able to make those decisions, right? So to your point, and your what was your our conclusion? Point? Our conclusion is that yeah, thirteen, you ain't an adult. Never mind. Eighteen. Oh, our conclusion is correct though. Yeah, it's going to be correct that, forever. You said what? And it's going to be correct forever. Our yeah, conclusion is right today, and it's going to be right so forever. Are you, are you arguing? Are you arguing that the age of adult should be brought down? It could change. It could change. It's been brought up already. I mean, you, it could change. Yeah, by creeps. My creeps is like, yo, she look grown, bro. <laughs> <laughs> How old she is? You said what? Yeah, okay, yeah, she's she wrong. Like, hey, did you say your age? I, I don't remember you, your, your age. What is your age of like when that decision should be made? Never is what Cody's yeah. saying. Never. I, yeah, I actually think that it's wrong, period. I would, like, in my community, I would say, no, you just got to. You would it. outlaw it, is what you're saying. Yeah, like, I would you're out- not allowed to change gender. I would outlaw canceled. A, a doctor, like, a legal doctor actually castrating you like nah you just rock out with a dress or just so rock what out ha- so what happens when they do it themselves and then they start dying and because they took matters into their own hands well i live with that because that's racism are they right? getting back street resources <laughs> <laughs> surgeries and stuff i live with that <laughs> and, and, a lot of things another thing that y'all not understand, bad enough. But y'all not understand yeah yeah you gotta you want want that. You gotta y'all not this. they actually are lower than one percent of the population so keep that in mind and like, yet, and yet they still have more rights than than black people mm. And, and why is that? <laughs> why is that? Because it's white people that are transgender. That, that might have yeah, something to do with it. There's, right? more, there's more of them that's true. It might have something to do with it, but I, it ain't nothing that's... that's they're that's, in higher position power. They're in higher position places. You got politicians coming out switching, like, just because just, just they can. Because there is developed a, res, a level of respect around the subject 
that people cannot speak a certain way. Like, and I say the same thing about people as black people. Me saying as a black man, like, yeah, I understand racism there, but I don't think it's the biggest reason. It's become like a controversial theory. Although most black men who will ever make over six figures agree with me. Most black women that make anything over six figures, you probably have a similar ideology as me. You might not be able to say it. You can get a million dollars and you got to say, man, white man, stop me, but I made it through. Man, you knew you was going to make it through. You was in, in college studying investment. You knew business management. You got this class. You had three friends. Y'all did a little loan together. You, you had a reasonable, pragmatic plan. You didn't even do it on no lottery shit. You did it the hard way. You knew exactly <laughs> you the hard what you were going to do. And I think, I'm like, I think to go up there and make this bread, like, that's what I'd be saying to my friends, to my, to my younger peers, and everybody gets, I'm like, no, I knew exactly what was going to happen. I knew in middle school, high school, I'm like, okay, I get it. Girls like guys who act goofy and dumb and making bad decisions. I'm going to sacrifice getting a couple girls. I'll win later. It was true. Girls are silly. They're, they're, some of them are going to mess with some bad guys. Some guys are going to mess up with some w- w- weird girl. Chill. Read your books. Do your homework. Go to school. Uh, you know, keep um, Make sure your haircut is not too outlandish. Don't get no purple hair. Show up on time. Say, hey, how you doing? <laughs> if you do this, you're likely to be okay in life. We can go and say, well, nah, uh, some people, I know a dude who has yellow hair, and he made $100,000 last year. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of dudes that have a low fade who have $100,000, <laughs> and it's working. So, I just don't believe in that, that we always got to be so, like, oh, we got to be so sensitive. When, and, like, when you talk about your, 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 um, your town or your, your village, it sounds like you would be aiming to create cookie cut. Yeah. Is that what you would do? You don't? You no. Would? Nope. In my village, in my village, in my village <laughs> all individuality with the message, you deal with the consequences. We want rock stars, so we want a couple of dudes trying to be rock stars. It sounds like you're going to outlaw some individuality, though. No, no, I will outlaw trying to actually castrate yourself or become the other. Like I, That's what I will outlaw. But I'm talking about as far as personalities and ideologies, the only thing is if you if your ideology fails, it fails. Under you guys' ideology, to me... It sounds a lot like some guys don't believe in coming to work on time. They miss fuck up the job. The manager's mad at them. They get fired. And then they get to say the man is mad at me or the manager is tripping. Y'all would be like, well, there's a potential. Or, well, there was a couple of white guys or a couple of girls who they came late and they didn't get. I'm like, hey, I don't care. If you're late, you late. What happens, happens. I don't believe in that. When you're doing that, it's more. A baseline measurement. Everybody knows how I feel. It's transparent. And it's easy to succeed under that. I am saying, hey, everybody show up on time. Do what you got to do. A couple of guys who are smart will just get a little lucky and win a little bit more. A couple of guys who do a little bit of errors are going to lose a little bit. But for the most part, a lot of people can be average and straight and happy. You guys' mindset to me is like, it's just cute to be compassionate to everything. And I'm like, I can't do it. Ooh, and I'm saying, we know this because... We deal with organizations, we deal with fraternities, we deal with sports teams, and they all have the same mindset. I'm not trying to get everybody. I want the baddest, best of my group in every way. If we're doing managers, I want the smartest, boldest men and women to do this. Mm -hmm. If we're doing dance instructors, I want the sharpest, most competent instructors to do it. I don't care about... Oh, well, you know, I ain't have a car. I'm like, get a ride. I don't care. Practice is at 530. Get there. The baddest of the group are still humans, though, and humans have obstacles that they have to endure, right? Right. Things come up for your everyday human. (laughs) So while I am lenient and I will, like, give people the benefit of the doubt, 
No, nah, you're going to show up on time for work. For our 8 o'clock meeting, you're going to be there, right? Mm-hmm. For this work, this dev work that you got to do, you're going to do this dev work. And if you don't want to do it, then you got to get off the team. And right? what I'm saying with that, what I'm saying with that is that your rule has to be hard. Individual experiences can be light. Correct. And that's what I think people don't understand. I mean, I'm like, I ain't saying you as your individual have to be an asshole. I'm saying the rule has to be we don't bend to every individual circumstance of misfortune. My mom's yeah. car broke down. So every all practices move back to 655 till we get a tire. No, practices at six. I missed it that day. You can talk to the coach. He might, he might, yeah, I understand, but it's all right. But the rule is still 630. Even if you had to run for something you couldn't control, I wouldn't necessarily say, oh, it's an evil. Mm-hmm. You're learning a lesson that, hey, this is just a part of life. Like, and, and the, I, I, like when I say percentages, I'm like, life is like 10% unfair no matter what. I don't care if you're rich, come from everything perfect. What people, a lot of the ideologies to me is like, you're trying to get into 100% fair, 100% benevolence. Oh, okay. Well, then you're doing like a little, you're doing like an eight-year-old kid's challenge. I'm a grown man. I know that won't happen ever. It's never been achieved in history. Stop. Let's stop. We're only going for 90%. 90% good. The, the, there's going to be a 10% of invariability. There's murderers, rapists, liars, lazy people, dumb people. You got to hear out the other 10%, though. You can't just always shut down the other 10%. You can't say, nah, that's 10% is not valid. You have you to at least to hear them, it out. You listen to the 10% after the 9%. They ate. Y'all straight. Y'all good. Everybody who's listening, following the rules, and, got, and did everything right, y'all straight. All right, what what's, what'd y'all say? Yeah. It ain't equal. Yeah. It ain't the bad guys getting... That's what I hate. I don't like the dudes the in the back of the class getting uh, getting their, their opinions weighed as much as the front of the class guys. Uh-uh. Front of the class, the, hey, Zoe, Stephanie, whoever's helping the teachers pass out papers, y'all, what y'all want to do? Y'all want us to go recess? Y'all need this? You need something? You need some water? But and to- then if they straight... Yeah, okay, you hey, you two knuckleheads in the back. Y'all need anything? Y'all need a snack? We got a couple extras. To I'm, not, I'm not about to be showing equal love to the angel. She's showing up. She got her pencils. She's just there. Hey, Mr. Williams, you need anything? Well, and we supposed to show equal love to the dude. He coming in the back. His music all loud. He blasting. He like, y'all crazy. That is great. He laughing. I'm like, no. Bro, to get an opinion no. from the cookie cutters is to get skewed data. If you take six A students in math and two F students and you ask all eight of, eight of them the same question. Is math easy? Is math hard? Six of them are going to say, yeah, math is pretty easy. Two of them are going to say, no, math is hard. Think of because a they're failing. Think of a realistic question. You would ask. Math is, asking them is math easy, math hard. Who gives a damn if they in the, in the back still dicking around? If you study, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You, it's, better That's what ask, I'm saying. it's better to ask eight students at uh, uh, non-mandatory, uh, non-mandatory tutoring sessions. What's their opinion? Because all these people care. Y'all in here trying. I can't. I don't, I don't care about the dude in basketball practice who can't make layups, mm-hmm. who don't practice more. <laughs> yeah, you. Hey, whatever, dude. Like it, you I gotta, you gotta, cares? you gotta get their opinion though, because their opinion is where your system starts to break down. Now I understand that every system is not going to be perfect, so you can't always adhere to everybody. But you always got to hear their opinion out at least, because you may find a percentage point in there. Like, hmm, we can accommodate to this. You're only as strong as your weakest. We can accommodate to this. You say what? You're only as strong as your weakest links. You have to acknowledge those weakest links and do something about it. Cody's gonna have a bus and like drop the weak ones off out the neighborhood. Ain't no no weak links in this chain. Not even that. I I agree. Ain't no weak links. No, I I just say say it's just like it's just 
there's complex answers and there's limited amount of resources and time and you have to make unfortunate hard decisions. You really, it's really, to even think of it, it'd be like, you have 100 students at your school, you can get 10 people to be superstars. They're going to actually damn near come up with a cure, do something crazy. You can get 90 people to be like B pluses. The sacrifice is 10 people, you're going to feel some pain until you get your stuff together. We're not bending at all. We're going to shame you. If you don't get a cookie, you weren't studying, you didn't read. Some people would say, oh, that's wrong. I'm like, I actually think that group's going to do a lot better than the group that has the top 10 chilling, feeling kind of isolated as y'all got all y'all teachers on all fours trying to get the last 10 dudes in the back of the class. I'm like, I already know what they're going to do. Bullshit. Because it's grown men that's going to bullshit. There's grown women that's going to... There's little kids. Throughout history, there will always be a group to, to try to bend the culture to being so sympathetic to the 10%. Mm. Insane. You have to remember the 90. You got to remember the majority of your group. The people that are trying to do... It's it's way better to incentivize the good three kids in your class. Mm. I, I believe that. Like, And this is just... I guess a, a, a test study would be... I believe... If you were to have all week, you tell the little kids, fourth grade, top five kids, or the, you know what I'm saying, if you behave well and you get an A, you're going to get a cookie. And unfortunately, only three people get it. I believe it will incentivize better behavior the next week. Some people believe, no, you should value the fact that those 17 kids are sad that they watched the three kids. I'm like, those, that simple lifestyle difference in your belief of life and everything is the difference between you can't be the manager. You can't be the DP. You can't be the coach. You 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 reward bad behavior. You're never you're never gonna have a winning team. I agree. I'm Every- going, we're gonna be state champions. Everybody can't <laughs> get a cookie, but everybody gotta get lunch that day, though. Everybody can get lunch. Yeah, you can everybody get that. You can get that baloney, but only one person getting this pot. Yeah, I, I just think that, I just think yeah. you have to have that mindset, or how can you maintain anything? You know what I'm saying? Like that's 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 how I would go with with that. But yeah, did you yeah. have any? Your superstars any, gotta win. You said something? Well, I mean, I think we. Then hit a, a good marker in this episode, and we can go on and on about Everything. trying to improve this society and try to make the best of our community. Um, but it takes changing the mindset, and you know what I'm saying. I'm a more of a meet somebody where they had they bring them up, but I get not overindulging on giving the attention to the wrong person and rewarding who deserves it. Uh, so I definitely value that. Um, did y'all have any last words? Um, no, you want to hit us with the perspective of the week, Monte? Mm. All right, so just let our guests know, like, we just kind of talk about a perspective of the week that we felt like a message that just came to us during the week. Whew. Y'all want to go first? Anybody? Uh, yeah. Stay in your lane and don't go places where you don't belong. So I umpire for, uh, I usually umpire high school baseball. But a couple weeks ago, I was assigned to umpiring these middle school kids. They were like 12, 13. And these middle school kids went to a Jewish middle school and fed it to a Jewish high school. And I got out there and I was watching them warm up. And I got the sense that they really didn't belong on the baseball field. And I was like, (laughs) isn't this supposed to be a championship game for y'all's league? And they're like, yeah, we're the two best teams in the league. I was like, okay, all right, cool. So I just let let it happen. And as the game went on, I started to notice that their coaches didn't belong on a baseball field either, right? So it was legitimately the blind leading the blind on a field <laughs> of, of athletic play. Of a field of athletic play. So my perspective of the week is know where you're blind, know where you can see. 
don't go places where you're blind. If you're blind in a place, you better follow somebody with 20-20 vision. Are you telling like them to get off the field? I am telling those little <laughs> Jewish kids to get off the field. Get off the field. You he made said, sorry. Stop he trying. I saw some baseball so bad. It was bad. I wanted to end it all. I did. I wanted to end it all. I did. And we had to be out there for two hours because they had a time limit. So oh, that's my perspective. Thanks. <laughs> for me, uh, I think the note or the perspective of the week, I would say, is take notebooks or take notes from all people in your life, like from different walks from life, different races, different age groups, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I, I appreciate conversations, I think, with older men. I listen to a lot of podcasts with uh, different view viewpoints, and I do also listen to my friends and my peers around me, and I extract wisdom from all people. I think one of the things I talk to my closest peers about that I dislike or I discourage is taking your notebook from only black people in your age group and geographical area within age 18 through 25. I'm like, this is wrong. This is why you come to like a, what I would say, faulty conclusions and beliefs and principles that you shouldn't have. I'm always the type of person, I'm like, shoot, what did Jamaican say? What the white people say? What the old people say? Well, you know what I'm saying? What, what do you say? Okay, and this is now this is my answer. Once I looked at eight different perspectives, concluded and brought it together, had a little internal dialogue. Now this is what I believe and this is what I think. Whereas trying to just have a marriage to your racial group or your uh, ideology, your whatever group that you're a part of and not actually factoring in the views of different will put you in something that is actually, an, uh, you have an opinion that's less tolerant, less uh, factoring in the opinions of the majority. Like a lot of ideas I think I kick in here, I'm like, it's actually the beliefs of a more divi- diverse group of people and only contrary to my own <laughs> home base. It's only contrary to, you know, black people within my age group. Black people who are 45 might be like, yeah, I get what he's saying. White man might be like, yeah, completely understand. Hispanic, Middle Eastern, like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it seems pretty right. To only be, you know, married to the opinion of your group leaves you with a very narrow view on the world and in, in, in any field. So, you know, you just want to be open-minded, and that's my thing. Okay, we're going we're gonna to save you for last so you can get your last word in. Um, so I would say my perspective of the week, is uh it's sent around you know i always say it's about my students um so i have one student that's like seems like she might be having like social anxiety or something like that so i told her we're gonna take a spin around the school and just talk to random teachers and like just practice and it just was like a reminder that like you can practice more things than you think like is practicable you know what i'm saying like and i feel like practice is what dismantles comfort zones in in certain aspects and it just may take you dismantling your comfort zone brick by brick, but um, you know you can practice anything. And I just feel like that's just something that we need to remind people that like your comfort zone can be worked out of. Like, don't just live within it. So, I love that. <clears throat> uh, I would say my perspective of the week mm, is going to be something that I kind of live by. So I, I'm a mentor for a few of my friends, and it's something I tell them literally every single day when we talk. You know, we're going over, you know, their finances or going over their plans. Um, What can you do now is one and two, it's important to pivot. So when I say, what can you do now? I want you to look at, you know, what literally look at your resources, whether that's, you know, tangible or what's in your head. Look at your resources and the plan that you have for the goal that you have set. What can you do now? 
and just take action because we, we, we all will become stagnant with all these plans and these goals that we set for ourselves, but we never take action. So what can you do right now, whether that's the tiniest step possible? Take action. Take the biggest steps you can and just keep going until you hit uh, until you hit a wall. And that's when I say pivot. Pivot is it's super important. When I say pivot, it's like when they throw an obstacle in your way, pivot to you to, to the point where you just find another way to get to your goal. Just. just keep pivoting until you can still reach your goal. It doesn't matter how many times you have to pivot. As long as you get to your goal, that is all that matters. All about adjustments. Pivot. And I can continuously pivot because obstacles, their goal is to be an obstacle and to stop you and to deter you from reaching your goal. So do what you can to pivot around it because there's always going to be a different way, whether it's not whether you have to adjust your goal, whether you have to adjust the road you're taking or adjust the requirements you have to take. Pivot, just keep pivoting until you get to, to get to you get to where you're satisfied with where you've reached and then form a new goal and just keep pivoting. And what can you do now? Captain, that's how you win. But yeah, make sure you guys follow us on P Junkies Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and several other streaming platforms. Make sure you leave a comment and you know rate us five stars. It's definitely needed. Kind of puts us up in the promotion. We're thankful for everybody that's been tuning in to the perspective survey questions and leaving us little votes, leaving us comments. It's very important. And make sure if you want to be a guest on our show. That you uh, contact us either via DM or you uh, talk directly to Mind of TG on Instagram. Mind of TG on Instagram. All right, P Junkies, we're out. P Junkies.